Welcome to Get A Move On, the podcast for movement lovers who are fed up with their injuries and want to enhance their all-round health. On this podcast, I'll help you change how you think about pain and illness so you can drop the frustration and move freely. I'm Amy, an osteopath turned yoga teacher and mindset coach. On this pod, I'll be talking about the joys of pain, injury and illness, the mind-body connection and how they relate to our movement practice so you can get a move on. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Get to Move On with Amy Slevin. This week we're talking about something that's timely and quite funny given who's on the mic today, myself and Amy. We're talking about Christmas being stressful and effectively what to do when you don't like your family. As a key member of the family, we're talking about I'm ready for some barbs coming my way, but I hope you enjoy the ride. But before any of that stuff, Ames, how's it going? I'm all right. Christmas is right around the corner, apparently. And I'm not ready. Not that I need to be ready. I think that's the whole point of Christmas. And like part of the problem with it is this idea of readiness, actually, and a lot of expectation. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, right? Like we talk a lot on this podcast about human behavior and expectations and values. And Christmas is an almost unique shit show because there's a lot of pressure to enjoy yourself with people you wouldn't necessarily choose to hang out with. And you have a lot of conflicting values. So you have people who want to drink, you have people who want to be political, you have people who are the total opposite. And I sort of just wanted your thoughts on what you see the key problems with Christmas being. And by the way, this can extend presumably to Thanksgiving or any other family event. Yeah, even birthdays. Birthdays are not my favourite thing. As you said, like so much anticipation, expectation, gift giving is a major expectation and being present amongst people that you might not really like that much or that you only spend time with on this occasion and I'm like that's just ridiculous firstly that's what I think and I should also just say I wasn't brought up with Christmas in the same way that you were so we had one of the same parents and your mum was big into Christmas she still is and our father isn't and neither was my mother like you know Jewish family on Christmas is when I spent in London it was just like this weirdest thing like oh we have to kind of sit around and you know talk to people like my mum's ex-husband's mother (sighs) there's also the interesting pretense right because you see people once a year on christmas and you say oh so brilliant to see you blah 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 fully well knowing you're going to do this once a year for the next five years until one of you moves city But it's a totally bizarre thing that we go, this is really important and we must all have the best time ever. Because if you were to build an event to have the worst time ever, you would go lots of expectation, weird dynamics in terms of like present buying and money and family stuff, sat next to people you don't particularly enjoy being with or aligned with. And yet it's like the most magical time of the year. And look, there are other reasons, I think, probably for that. But I guess there's two questions. The first is, how do you navigate the fact that people do have expectations? Because they do, right? People want, on the one hand, everyone to be included and jolly. So there's an expectation around your enjoyment. But there's also an expectation around your level of participation. So question number one is, how do you deal with the expectation? Because I think on one level, it comes down to how agreeable you are. I kind of go, yeah, like whatever. Whereas you go, I'm such a bar humbug person. (laughs) So any kind of like enforced joviality and ritual and tradition I'm like up yours so I did a little poll on my Instagram recently and I asked people what were their issues surrounding Christmas and so many people said 
issues with their families. One person was very specific and said, my brother-in-law. I was like, that's very specific, thank you. <laughs> Other people were just like, I don't like to be around my family. Some people said, like, it's the stress around gift giving. To the point where actually one person replied and said that in their family, they decided that they aren't going to do gifts anymore. They've collectively decided that they're no longer going to subject themselves to the obligation of giving gifts and that just I think eliminates a whole massive stress from so many people well I think you have to manage your expectations and be aware that people are people right and people are going to behave in the way that they're going to behave and just because it's Christmas why should they behave differently and I think sometimes there is an expectation that because it's Christmas oh we're all gonna have fun woo that people are gonna somehow magically all behave themselves in the way that we want them to or that they expect us to yeah like I think that's part of the problem of we do expect them to behave how we think they should we project our own ideas and values onto them and likewise they do the same to us and so for example if someone is projecting their ideas onto us it gets our back up everyone knows this right so if I'm coming along and I'm like yeah fuck Christmas woo I hate Christmas blah, 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 humbug. you know if I was prime minister I might cancel Christmas <laughs> so. but the point is if you go in with a slightly contrarian fuck this whole thing attitude it gets the backup of someone who's really into it exactly and then you know I'm making enemies. People are going to be pissed off with me. And I'll be like, why are you pissed off with me? Christmas is shit. What's the problem? And then people don't like that. I think as a general rule, when people are having fun, right, there's some principle of like, you can keep your skepticism to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Also, one person who wrote in with one of her issues, she said that one of the things she has a problem with is that there's so much meat around and she's vegetarian. And she... I think finds it difficult to kind of be around all that meat and all those carnivores when she doesn't like the idea of harming animals and all that kind of stuff. She finds it frustrating that her family isn't on board with her vegetarian ideas and isn't kind of fully embracing of her kind of vegetarianism. Yeah, this is an interesting case, right? So I'm vegetarian, but I have no sensitivity around meat. So I don't mind there being meat around the interesting thing there is the fact that she has this idea, which is meat equals bad. And she's kind of trying to impose the idea, maybe imposes harsh sounding, but effectively impose that set of values onto a family who are meat equals good. And this is like the classic case of what happens, because if you just were hanging out on a weekend, like there's no pressure around it. Someone can have meat. Someone doesn't need to have meat. It's not a big issue. But the Christmas, everything's heightened. And all of a sudden, you have these conflicting interests and that results in like textbook tension. I think that is though generally a principle when disagreements in values come around, that unless it's actively harming you, let people be. You say that when things are all calm and lovely, we might have that level of objectivity, potentially, maybe. But I think so many people don't, you know, so many people I've noticed really kind of expect their families to... I think this is actually hysterical because I was talking to somebody the other day, in fact, a few people, this is a theme, <laughs> like kind of like these young, dare I say, woke kids who in their 20s and early 30s, who had these kind of liberal ideas. They expect their older generation family members, parents, uncles, whatever, to understand that kind of way of thinking 
and they get frustrated when the older generation don't or when other people don't they're like you know why can you not be so liberal like how can you not understand you know i find the same to be totally honest but the difficulty with that flavor of um lefty and i'm sort of lefty thing is that it has a way of being fucking self-righteous and it's difficult because you are making a moral claim on some level like you can't get away from the fact you are making an ethical claim and by definition the implication is if you fail to agree with me you are falling below the bounds of what i'm considering ethical so kind of just by the nature of it you're condemning people morally so a you seem a little bit righteous but the other problem i mean this is a generational game right this has happened forever our parents and grandparents were doing the exact same thing to their parents and their grandparents. You're almost by necessity going to fail to get through. So what you're effectively going to do is run into a brick wall. And what I find here, often the best medicine, is to just go, haha, fucking classic. Just decide they're a textbook case of X. Decide that it's funny that they're a textbook case of X. And now you put it in a box that's fun. Because the truth is, you can bang your head against that wall forever. Conservative older people are conservative is a headline that isn't going to change because just because you've got an earring. You think it might because you've got two earrings now, but they're not even convinced by the third one. And you know what? Like, it all comes down to everybody wants to be loved and accepted as they are. The older cuckers, the old people, want to be loved and accepted as they are, and the younger people want to be accepted as they are and loved and accepted for their quirkiness, for their leftiness, for their liberalness, whatever. And I think one thing that we really need to do is just to stop expecting people to conform to our way of thinking and just embrace the fact that they have a different view. And that makes life fun, actually. I totally agree, but this runs into a slight philosophical problem, which is that you say that and you believe it, but you don't believe it all the way. Like, if I decided to rock up on Christmas and be a neo-Nazi, right? At some point, you draw the line and you say, no, no, that's no longer within the bounds of acceptability. You want to love people how they are, but everyone's kind of secretly walking around with a criteria of like what that means somewhere between here and here. Also, another potential solution for the whole Christmas issue is, I think, choose what's meaningful for you if you possibly can. I think so many people just, you know, blindly go into Christmas doing whatever they're going to do because they think they have to because they think that they don't have a choice. But we do. And it's possible that you might upset some people. But... How bad is that? I'm going to make the case for tact here, right? I accept that some families are such that you're going to upset people if you don't totally conform rigorously to what is undoubtedly an oppressive Christmas standard. Yes, that's probably a case that exists. But in almost every case, right, can you not just square the circle here by being sweet and polite and self-deprecating and no one's offended? As in attend an event that you don't want to. Or, or don't attend the event, but do it in a way that isn't offensive. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was invited to Christmas with your mum. I, you know, have my own feelings around Christmas. Like, as I said earlier, I wasn't brought up with Christmas. I find Christmas a bit weird. Sometimes it's been fun. I have to say with your friends, it's particularly fun because your friends are hilarious. And if there are more of your friends, I'd be more inclined to come, frankly. I'm just going to put that out there. Nikki says to me, do you want to come for Christmas? And I'm like, oh, I say, who's coming? Your mum starts saying the list of invitees. And a bunch of them I've never met before. Dad immediately goes, I'm not coming. <laughs> I'd rather spend the day by myself. There are advantages to being the sort of resident grumpy bear of the family. Aren't there? <laughs> yes. 
Absolutely. You just have license to be a little bit of a dick sometimes. And I felt this like major sense of obligation. I was like, oh, you know, oh, it's so nice that Nikki's inviting me. Oh, how lovely. Yes, I should probably go, even though I don't really care about Christmas. As soon as dad was like, fuck that, no way. I was like, oh, okay, so he's giving himself permission not to. Maybe I can too. And so that's actually what I've decided to do. So I'm going to have a duvet day instead or by myself. Just playing devil's advocate. Are you not taking Christmas more seriously than everyone else here? You've decided, fuck it, we're doing a duvet day. I need to take all of this mitigating action. Maybe the answer is to just grow up and have a lunch for hour, make some small talk. Maybe you're making a scene of this. Maybe I am. But you know what? It's also partly inspired by a Jewish family that I work with. We were talking about Christmas and they were like, yeah, we just take it. It's like a lovely rest day. And I was like, that sounds divine. That's what I want to do. I think this is contrarian dickheadery. I think you should just come for an hour, have half a glass of ginger beer, chat a bit to the one person you find all right, and then just pretend it's not Christmas. I think by going, it's a duvet day, this is a whole thing, let's make a fucking podcast about it. (laughs) (laughs) You turn it into something much more stressful than it actually is, (laughs) and you need to grow up quite soon. (laughs) Taking the attention away from myself for a second, (laughs) I know that sometimes (laughs) there are situations where there is like a broken family, And the new girlfriend of, say, for example, a dad who has kids and kind of an ex-wife. And there have been a few examples of this I've worked with. Like the new girlfriend wants the boyfriend to have Christmas with her. And she's offended that he's like, actually, I kind of want to spend the Christmas with my kids. And because Christmas, let's be honest, it's kind of mostly for children, right? Yeah, especially in the traditional form of Christmas, especially in the... Santa and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. So I kind of think like if there is a girlfriend listening of a man who has children, let him go with the family. Yeah, but um, but surely that's the standard rule, hey? No, you'd be surprised how many girls get their backs up that their boyfriends want to have Christmas with their kids and their old family. Because the top trumps basically go, right? Kids at the top. Then depending on where you're at and where they're at with the ex, ex-boyfriend slash girlfriend slash ex-wife slash husband, then you. You tend to play thirds to probably even the ex. You're like jumping two leagues wanting to be above the kids. The kids are there to stay. The thing is, there's another one of you next year. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that's part of the problem. They're like, oh God, I'm so replaceable. Yeah, that's a real thing, by the way. Like, I definitely have had the thought in the past where it's like, I mean, this was a little bit of a university thought. At the start of my second year, I went up a couple of weeks early because me and my friend Gabriel were starting a short-lived tutoring company. So we were up there flyering. And what happened was I heard Jamie from across the square and turned around. And there was someone I'd like vaguely met the year before, but couldn't really place. And we chatted for five minutes and was like, oh my God, I'm in love. Like, this is like, oh my God, full on infatuation, blah, blah, blah. And I did have the thought because I had the anxiety around it for the two week period this whole thing existed i was like shit maybe we should just get married because if we get married then like not actually like today but like let's stick something in the diary it's a little extreme just gonna say <laughs> <You reckon? laughs> the reason i bring it up is because there is something around like i feel insecure about this relationship i'm aware that it is on some level inherently insecure and therefore i need to bring in you gotta hook her in why did you not just get her pregnant problem solved Lack of sexual prowess. (laughs) (laughs) Better luck next time, hey? (laughs) 
<laughs> also, I'm not sure if I've said the word prowess before. <laughs> Point is, if you are the underdog in any situation, like if you are that girlfriend of the man who or even the boyfriend of the wife that has children whatever and you know the dad wants to come and hang out with christmas with the children i think if you're threatened by that then i would recommend that you take a step back and just realize it's one day right you can hang out with them the next day or the day after and just because they want to hang out with their kids or including the ex on christmas it doesn't mean that they value you any less yeah, and there's also a point about certainty here, right? Like, if you're just like, oh, like, it's so not my thing, kind of thing. I was in an environment the other week where someone was being offered some drugs and there was a pressure for them to take drugs given their friendship group, kind of thing. Didn't realise that still happened anymore. Thought it was like a thing of the 1980s. But I could see the mechanics go off where it was like, oh, like, I should take it because they're wanting me to, but I don't want to. How much certainty can I muster here to say, nah and the answer was kind of like just about enough and the same is true of christmas if you're like oh just not my scene like you go enjoy it kind of thing you're fine i think it becomes a problem when you sort of go oh like i'm really sorry blah 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 which isn't saying don't be sorry and don't be tactful but just be like oh you know it sounds wonderful not for me this year have a fab time i totally agree and then also sometimes there are specific people in the family like the person who mentioned their brother-in-law who really grind our youth and I think we need to talk about them briefly because there are inevitably in any kind of family dynamic, there are going to be people that we like hanging out with more than others. And there are going to be people who really irritate us and get on our nerves and do things that just drive us mad. There's one common kind of solution, which is avoid them, bitch about them and resent them. I mean, like it's a pretty good gig. Absolutely. And it's so much fun in itself, right? If you can have a common enemy with someone else in the family, you're sorted. <laughs> when all families that exists right slight side note like when i think about our family i don't think of us as a particularly cohesive unit but i do see quite a lot of individual relationships does that make sense i feel like i've got an individual relationship with you with mum with dad with susanna i don't know that we have a collective relationship is that right yeah i think so and i think it's also because of the lack of time we've spent together as a family so we've individually formed as you say those kind of little two-person units here and there and also, we are so fucking different. You don't realise it until you're all in the same room. Because you've got kind of like doctor slash grumbly slash kind of now less grumbly slash, oh my God, he's emotionally intelligent. Where did that come from, dad? Kind of like very warm, agreeable, lovely mum who holds the whole thing together. you got sort of contrarian movement person in Amy. <laughs> I reject that wholeheartedly. Exactly. That's the bit because it's contrarian. Nice one. You've got Durham to Clapham to Lawyer, already got 2.4 kids, metaphorically, Susanna. <laughs> and then you've got me, who's kind of like probably the worst combination of all of the above. You're like Mr. All Over the Place, might arrive three hours late if we're lucky, <laughs> wearing trousers with one leg shorter than the other and odd socks. Yeah, yeah. And when you get all of that in the room, you're like, oh, this is really difficult. But individually, it works really well. I agree. So when you are encountering that one person over Christmas that you normally, because they're not necessarily within your direct immediate family, for every other day of the year, you've managed to avoid them mostly. And then suddenly you're confronted with them. You're like, oh God, that bastard or that bitch or whatever. Either you avoid them entirely or you can do some magic on yourself and you can take it as an opportunity 
for growth. How beautiful is that? You have to kind of realize like, okay, well, what specifically is it about this person that irritates me? It's really, really easy to go. It's just their fucking face. <laughs> now, this is like so detestable. You're not going to want to do it. Like, it's horrible. You basically have to like identify where and when you do the same thing yourself in your own way. <sighs> God, it's horrible. When you do that, say like, I've decided that a member of the family is really self-indulgent. You best not be talking about me. Sorry, I mean really thin-skinned. <laughs> say I go in, I own that trait. So I go, shit, well, I was factually thin-skinned here. I was thin-skinned there. I was thin-skinned in this form. Yes. And I do get to a point where I'm the same. What happens? Why is that a useful exercise? Okay, there are two things. One of them is that usually when we're judging somebody, we're being very self-righteous and we're putting ourselves higher than them in our little hierarchy. So we kind of might put ourselves on a pedestal and think, ha ha, I'm so high and mighty and superior to this person because I don't do X, Y, and Z. You know, I chew with my mouth closed or I don't fart at the table, whatever it is. This process helps you to humble yourself, which is heinous so heinous i don't want to humble myself no thanks and also you have a little bit of empathy for them and it really calms down the judgment so much you then kind of realize oh shit actually yeah like in my own way i'm the same as this awful person that i hate it's an interesting point because it shows that judgment is the product of feeling that in some specific way you are much better than someone else which we know sort of but as soon as you recognize that as the mechanic it seems very obvious that the way to quash judgment is to a little bit go Okay, I'm being judgmental because I think they're selfish. Like, was it not true that I was selfish here, 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 here and here? Yeah, or like dominating the conversation or whatever it is. And so if you're like, well, where was I dominating the conversation? And who noticed that I was dominating the conversation? Oh, God. And like when you're doing this process, you're like, no, I've never done that before ever. Ugh, I don't do that. Ames, I think neither of us could ever be accused of dominating a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so you do that step. And that really helps to calm down the judgment. And then you're like, okay, fine. So we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> and then you look for all the ways in which their really annoying behavior that you really hate is helping you. And that's the second interesting mechanic, right? Because it reveals that actually like disliking something is effectively the assessment that that behavior has more disadvantages than advantages. And by going, oh, to be fair, like I know it's fucking irritating, but it does help in this way, that way, in this way, in that way. Eventually, like the result, once you've got that ratio a little bit more balanced, is just the level of angst falls out because angst truly is the product of seeing it as a very strong ratio. Exactly. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like if you hate someone and you have a common enemy, that person's awful behavior that you don't like has actually driven you to become a little close and have an ally in somebody else. Your little collective enemy and you're like, ha ha ha, we hate this person. And we get to then laugh about them. We get to have a fun time together because we're bitching about this one person. And that is, you know, fun. And then in that kind of new allyship, then there are new conversations that can arise. There are new bonds and fun things that can happen within that kind of little arrangement. So that's one potential advantage to this person being really annoying. You know, you have to be kind of creative and sort of really look for it. So if it's like their bad manners, like has it then allowed you to be a bit more relaxed and kind of like sit back and put your elbows on the table and, you know, feel a bit more at ease or whatever? Yeah, or the attention is taken off you or you're more liberated to go just be yourself or you're freer in the context of this other criticism. No, I mean, it's a really good point. If it's someone who's really opinionated, maybe the benefit to you is that because they're so opinionated and they're so kind of happy to share their opinion, maybe does that give you license to then share yours too? 
yeah or you come across as a diplomat and very poised when actually you're a dick <laughs> totally exactly so those are just like two of the basic fundamental steps that i think will potentially help people in the approach to christmas and i think also just like manage expectations expect there to be a shit show expect that you're going to not like the gifts that you're given or that people are not going to be so <laughs> delighted to see the gifts that you give them and merry christmas everyone <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a brilliant place to leave it <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening guys have a merrier christmas than the one we've geared you up for <laughs> and we'll see you next week that was get to move on with amy slevin if you enjoyed that we'll be back next week with a slightly different topic and if you didn't enjoy that We'll be back next week with a slightly different topic. Thanks for listening.